0: After three weeks of unforgettable moments, we are now down to just three matches remaining at the 2022 FIFA World Cup. My name is Jackson Fuller, and this is episode 17 of the Sports Gazette's FIFA World Cup podcast, and today I am joined by Andrew Smith and George Yates, reporters for the Sports Gazette, as we preview the semifinals coming up later this week. On Tuesday night, it'll be Argentina versus Croatia and a battle of aging superstars between Luka Modric and Lionel Messi to determine who will get a shot at lifting their first World Cup trophy. And on Wednesday night, France face Morocco as the Cinderella story faces its biggest test yet going up against the defending champions and the star-studded French side. It'll be an exciting week to determine who will play in the final on Sunday. So without further ado, let's get stuck into this preview. How's it going, everybody? Jackson Fuller here with episode 17 of the Sports Gazette's FIFA World Cup podcast. And we're really down to the nitty-gritty of this winter tournament. Four teams remaining, four pretty interesting storylines, and would be four intriguing champions are left fighting for their place in uh, football's glorious World Cup. Today, I am joined by Andrew Smith. Andrew, how are you?
1: I'm very good, Jackson. Thanks for having me on, mate.
0: Of course, and uh, George Yates as well. George, how you doing?
2: Bit gutted, bit gutted, but we move on we move on.
0: Yeah. uh, Both of these guys are uh, returnees to the Sports Gazette's World Cup podcast. George, you mentioned your gutted. Uh, Before we kind of dive into the semifinals, uh, we obviously had a very long chat last night uh, recapping the England-France and Morocco-Portugal matches, but mainly England-France. Had Alex and Seth kind of give us their opinions on on the match and just the status of the English national team right now. What are... What are kind of your biggest takeaways from from last night's match?
2: Um do you know what I honestly performance-wise I'm quite proud. Um the fact that we didn't go with a back 5, I thought we would go with a back 5, um says says a lot that Southgate had confidence now in his defense and uh, especially going forward. Um there was a couple I mean there was a couple of decisions where uh, especially for the for the first goal I don't understand how um that sack of foul doesn't get called a foul. Um, but like that's that's my heart talking, unfortunately. But like like as as I said, like performance was absolutely fantastic. Um you, you just come against quality opposition. I mean, that too many strike was absolutely fantastic and like there, there isn't much much more you can do. Obviously the penalty is a is gutting, but it happens, people miss penalties. Um but in terms of the performance, absolutely fantastic. Um hold their heads up high. That's all I can say.
0: Yeah, I think that was kind of the sentiment we all had last night that England were the better team for large stretches of the game and maybe deserved more out of the match, but I won't lie, I woke up this morning kind of retracting that opinion. Uh we're we're recording this Sunday. I think the episode will be published Monday, but it's just hard for me to for me to feel gutted for a team that's, you know, penalties are part of the game, but really England created chances but not scoring from open play, even if if Kane would have taken a second penalty uh France somehow got away with their defending and and did their job, but that's kind of what they've done over the past four, six years under Deschamps. And they uh, are World Cup champions for a reason. And now they've got an opportunity to defend their title for the first time in nearly 40 or 50, 60 years uh, since Brazil last did it. So uh, let's move on to the semifinals. Uh, First up, we're going to get into Argentina and Croatia. I think when we previewed this tournament, Argentina were a very – Heavy favorite to get to this point, a trendy pick to win it all. People wanting Messi to to lift the World Cup trophy in what will likely be his last tournament. And Argentina er, and Croatia, of course, made it to the World Cup final four years ago, but I don't think many people expected this kind of run from them. Uh, Andrew, I know you and Lyle have done live comms on a couple of Croatia games so far in the tournament for the Sports Gazette. How have they gotten here? How have they gotten to this point where they're now one win away from playing for a World Cup title in back-to-back tournaments?
1: Well, I think it's true grit, determination, and a, a little bit of luck, to be honest with you, Jackson. I mean, Zlatko Dalic has done an incredible job with this Croatia site. Um, obviously, the achievement of getting into the final uh, in Russia was amazing with the players he has at his disposal. And uh, since their readmission as a FIFA member in 1992, following their independence they've reached the semi-finals of all three world cups that they've played in. So obviously they've they've a bit of prestige with this competition and I don't think it's a bit of a surprise that we're seeing them um, in another semi-final again. But I think we just have to give some credit to to Dalic and how he's he's set up the squad cuz obviously if they had went toe to toe with Brazil, um, it might have been a bit more of a comprehensive scoreline for for and, and Brazil, but he was playing for penalties throughout the whole game. Um I mean, when I mentioned luck in, in terms of how they've got to the semi-final, I mean, they didn't have any shots on target throughout the whole game. And then they go 1-0 down, thanks to Neymar's stunner. And then with their first chance of the game, Bruno Pekovic, who I was absolutely slating on live comms because his hold-up play was atrocious. Um, he just wasn't offering himself as an out-ball at all. And then he goes and scores the goal. And, and it's just, it's it's incredible. It's, it's amazing how Croatia managed to do it. And the record from penalties is... Is, is also something that's that's incredible. And it's something that Dalic is definitely saying to his players, look, if we can get into extra time, we back ourselves defensively. I mean, Josko uh, Vardial has been an absolute revelation. I mean, he has been tipped uh, across Europe and he probably will be going on to a, a bigger club um, in the summer transfer window. But, you know, like they can defend deep into stoppage time and into extra time. But penalties, they've won two shootouts um, at the 2018 World Cup in Russia and now they've won another two. And uh, Levakovic, um, Dominic Livakovic, the Croatian goalkeeper, has actually saved the most penalties in World Cup history um, with, with his recent saves against Brazil. So, I mean, it hasn't been pretty from Croatia, but still, it's been an incredible story um, of an underdog nation. Not on the same sort of wavelengths as, as what Morocco are doing to become the, the first African team to, to get to a, a semi-final of a World Cup. But, I mean, huge, huge credit to Croatians, Latko Dalic. um they're on the upside trail again.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, when you talk about this Croatian side, it's, you know, and you talk about international football, a lot of times it comes down to the moments. It were the, it was the moments in England, France last night where Giroud takes his chance and, and Kane misses his penalty. And it just seems like Croatia have a way of rising to meet the challenge when, when the moments present themselves, like you said, no shots on top yet until extra time when Petkovic scores, you know, the equalizer. But even against Japan in the round of 16, they didn't really create much. And Perisic got one relatively free header and, and put it in the back of the net. Um, you mentioned Gavardio, uh, him and Brozovic are going to play such key roles trying to limit Messi. Uh, I think Argentina have gotten better as the tournament's gone on, but there's still this potentially over-reliance on Messi. He's the best you know, one of the best players of all time. And it makes sense that there's an over-reliance on him. But if they, it's it seems rather obvious, but if a team can neutralize Messi, they have a great shot of beat, beating Argentina. Uh, George, when you think about, you know, this Croatian midfield going up against Argentina, it feels like two very similar styles of play. One team has Messi, one team has Modric. Where do you see, other than Messi, where do you see maybe an advantage lying for, for either squad?
2: Um, obviously, Andrew, you were talking about the Croatian midfield. I think the midfield battle is going to be uh, quite key. I think, I mean, Croatia's midfield is arguably one of the best um, midfields in the tournament. I mean, Brozovic has been absolutely fantastic. Modric, we, we know all about him. And Kovacic has, again, been been near faultless. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the midfield battle will be key. Um, and I think that's as a potential strength for Croatia.
0: Yeah, so Argentina will be without both of their fullbacks. Uh, for this one, who are both suspended uh, due to yellow card accumulation, uh, Acuna has been a really bright spot on the on the left side of that Argentinian defense, not only going back, uh, getting back in defense, but going forward. Uh, I think when Argentina need a big performance from Julian Alvarez, again, he's been pretty good so far in this tournament. Uh, he's displaced Lautaro Martinez, who has been a substitute. Of course, Martinez got the uh, Match clinching penalty against Netherlands. Do we have a- Andrew? I know you've 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 picked Argentina to win this from the out onset. Do you have any concern based off of they're giving up the lead against Netherlands? You know, going up to nothing and and you know, squandering away that lead, or was that just a matter of Netherlands? a set piece and you know a couple other fortunate events they they were able to take advantage or is this something that argentina maybe concerns you when you look at their chances going into tuesday night
1: yeah i i think the beauty and this drama of this world cup just kind of took over and uh in that game i mean it was a very very tense game obviously the the drama of being 17 yellow cards i think it was a record in the game so obviously tensions were high um, I think tactics and kind of game management from Argentina did go out the window, but I, I can't see him getting involved in a little bit of a scrap against uh, against Croatia. I, I don't feel like that's going to happen. But you've just touched on the fullbacks there, which I think is a major issue, and um, they've been key part to to the way Argentina have been playing. Uh, obviously, Molina got that goal against uh, Netherlands, brilliant goal, um, absolute freak of a pass from Lionel Messi. To be fair, um. But yeah, Acuna is also a huge loss. But they do have some good cover in uh, Nico Taglifico, who plays for uh, Ajax. So um, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be too disheartened in, in that position in that regard. But yeah, obviously they've they've had a foundation with Molina and Acuna, so that's going to cause a little bit of fragmentation in in the squad. But yeah, I mean the Netherlands game, yeah, it is a bit of a concern, and I mean it's it's kind of just tied into the overall narrative and of argentina this tournament they have not been convincing at all i mean in the group stage they obviously got off to that freak start against saudi arabia the 2-1 loss and ever since then they really haven't been convincing even in the round of 16 game against australia i mean they're tuning up they're cruising, and then they can see the late goal and it's made it a little bit more nervy so yeah they they haven't made a um convincing they haven't really had a convincing performance yet but I do think that game against Netherlands they showed um great grit and determination to to get the win on penalties. But um yeah, they're gonna be really up against it, against Croatia. It's gonna be interesting to see, like just as George alluded to, that midfield battle. Um obviously Argentina's midfield is predominantly defensive. Croatia's is, has been defensive as we've seen throughout this tournament. So yeah, I think it, the game is gonna be won and lost in, in midfield, I think.
0: And one name who we're not sure whether he will play uh, on, as a starter on uh, Tuesday probably will come off the bench if he doesn't start is Unhel Di Maria. He's uh, he missed the uh, round of sixteen game completely against Australia. He came off the bench against Netherlands. Uh, George, how much of a of an X factor is that? Uh, is is Di Maria's presence? Do you do you give Argentina a huge you know boost if he's able to play or? You know, he's probably behind Messi, their second or third best player, but it, it seems like this team just revolves around Messi and whoever's out there around him, you know, it matters, but at the same time, it doesn't in some way. I mean, what do you? how big of a boost could Di Maria be for Argentina?
2: Yeah, um, I think it would be important to their width. I think the last couple of games, um, a lot of their attacking players come down that middle side. Obviously, you kept that, get that width with Acuna and Molina, um, but with Di Maria, you get, uh, you're allowed to sh- uh, spread the play a bit better. So um, he is—he he is obviously a bit—he a big miss. He's obviously behind Messi. He's probably one of their best players. But they've played—they've played well um, without him in the last couple of games. So um, obviously, you want—you want him in. You want him in the side, just as I said, just for that width and um, bit—bit extra creativity and someone else uh, for the creations to worry about. But I don't think it's a huge miss. If if Messi's out, then it's a as you as you lead to a near disaster. But um, they've played well without him, so. Not too much of a worry, but you'd prefer him in than out.
0: That's a good shout. The width that he brings, it'll it'll just give Messi more space. It'll give guys like McAllister and Alvarez more space when De Maria is out there hugging the the right touchline, which he tends to do for this Argentinian team. So, all right, let's uh, let's do some really quick predictions, and then we'll take a break. Uh, who do you guys have uh, moving on to the to the World Cup final in this one, Andrew? Let's start with you. Oh,
1: such a tough question. <laughs> I just want to give a little bit of credit to Lionel Scaloni, by the way. It's his first major managerial position and he's won the Cop America. Uh, He's won the um, final Limosame against Italy and now he's on course for for a World Cup with Argentina. But I'm going to go for Argentina. Um, I want Messi to to win a World Cup and finally settle this ludicrous GOAT debate that's been going on for the last (laughs) 10 to 15 years. But, I mean, Croatia are no pushover. It'll be interesting to see if they go to play for penalties or if they... Go up against Croatia, or go up against Argentina, should I say, toe to toe? But um, yeah, it's going to be close. I'm going to go Argentina one 0 after extra time.
0: Wow, George, uh, are you p- are you picking Argentina as well?
2: Yeah, I have to agree with Andrew. It's going to be close. I think it will be tense. Uh, I, I, I as as Andrew said, I think there could be possibility it could um go into extra time. That midfield battle, as I say, as I said earlier, is going to be key. Um. I don't think there'll be a huge amount of goals. I think 1-0 is a pretty pretty decent prediction. Um, But I'm going to go 2-1 Argentina after extra time. Am I confident with that? No. But I think they do it. Just.
0: Yeah, my heart says Croatia. My mind says Argentina. Uh, I've got Croatia in a uh, World Cup pool back home. And so the only way I can... I've got Croatia and France. We all got three teams. The only way I can win the pool is if they both win. Uh, because the guy that's in first place right now also has Morocco and Argentina. So uh, (laughs) we're going head to head uh, this uh, for the semifinals, but I I think it's going to be Argentina. Uh, It's just hard for me to imagine Croatia grinding out another victory. I don't, they might've been second best against Japan. They were definitely second best against Brazil. Um, I think the magical run ends here, but, I think one one person we've said Lionel Messi's growing into t- the tournament, and so is all of Argentina. Luka Modric is growing into this tournament as well, and I thought he put forth a brilliant performance against Brazil in the quarterfinals. If he can play like that again, who knows? But I do. I'm going to say uh, one-nil Argentina, but no extra time. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will take a look at the other uh, semifinal featuring Morocco and France. We will be right back. And Wednesday night we have the Cinderella story of the 2022 FIFA World Cup facing the defending champions Morocco and France. Uh, The Africans have been a really thrill to watch this tournament. They're the first African side to qualify for a World Cup semifinal. They're playing a defensive style of football, but they're not lacking any courage either. They build from the back. They go and create chances I think against Spain and Portugal they did have the better of the chances even if they might have their possession statistics might have been uh in the sub 30 percent or just around them uh they do have some injury concerns I know their captain Romain Saiz is uh was had to be removed in about the 60th minute against Portugal they had another defender or two other defenders miss out in that Portugal game It'll be interesting to see how much they have left in their legs because they are doing a lot of running. Meanwhile, France uh, stretches of this tournament they've looked like the clear favorites, and then against England they did get punched in the mouth a little bit. I thought England were terrific; they put France on their heels for large portions of the game, but they still just have those those moments of brilliance that Olivier Giroud provided. Uh, George, as as you watched the you know your country England play France last night what did what about France scared you the most I think Mbappe's maybe the obvious answer but they've got so many different weapons uh you know Chiuameni with the goal Griezmann two assists uh Giroud he's linking up so brilliantly what is it about this French side that you know puts fear into the opponents
2: um it's interesting yeah it's like I think they got a lot of joy on that right hand side with um Dembele obviously all the a lot of the talk was about Mbappe. Should we uh, go into a back five? Um, but as you say, France have so many, uh, so many other good, other good players. Like chouameni is arguably one of the best de- defensive midfielders in the world. Uh, Dembele for the past twelve months has been nothing short of incredible. Um, I think, yeah, I think they'll have joy on both sides. Um, but Morocco, are, Morocco are tough. They're sturdy. They've been absolutely fantastic. I, didn't think they would get through against Portugal. Um, I thought that Spain game would have just taken the wind out of their sails, but they just they just seem to find another gear. Um, yeah, I think I think France will have a, a bit of joy. I think they I think they should win. They have a lot better quality, um, but you never say never with this uh, with this Moroccan team. Absolutely representing African football fantastically. Um, but yeah, I think I think France will should have enough quality.
0: Andrew, I got a hypothetical question for you. Let's say Morocco wins, pulls off another upset against France, they get to the final. Is Sofian Amrabat in the discussion for the Golden Ball? Uh, you know, or is it, or is Yassine Bonu more of their MVP, if you will, from this tournament? Which of those two better, two of those Moroccan players, do you think has had the bigger impact on this side getting to this point?
1: I mean, can you give it to all eleven of them? it's, it's been absolutely incredible. Um, you mentioned Sofian and Amrabat there. He has been absolutely immense. Um, his brother used to play for Watford in the Premier League, and I think uh, a lot of people thought it was him when they seen because obviously people didn't know much about him. But he plays in Fiorentina in uh, the Serie A, and uh, he has been you know touched on by a couple of European clubs. They've looked at him, but he has been absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, me and you watched the game against Portugal together, Jackson, and. 90th minute and he's still running around chasing down challenges and he still has that composure to, to hold on to the ball and, and play an out pass and then even against Spain as well uh, he was just absolutely incredible but yeah that that's a that's a really interesting question um, if he will get the, the golden ball, I think he'd have to probably win the tournament in order to, to be considered for it um, but I mean their whole team has been absolutely incredible, I mean we're seeing resurgence here from Enesri, who plays for Sevilla, Um, he hasn't been great at club level for the last couple of years. And now with a a hope of a nation behind him, he's just been completely rejuvenated. Hakim Ziyech, who's struggled at your guys' club, Chelsea, he's really struggled to get the the ground running. He's been incredible. Um, He's led the side brilliantly in the front line. And then you've Sofian Bufal, who's played for Southampton. Um, Somewhat of a forgotten man, but... He has, he has his own uh, showboating reel, his own highlight reel at this tournament. He's been absolutely exceptional. But I mean, Morocco, you, you touched on it there about they haven't played the most glamorous football and they've obviously been predominantly defensive. But I mean, the most amazing statistic to come out of this World Cup is they haven't conceded a goal from an opposition player. The only goal they conceded was against Canada and it was an own goal from uh, West Ham's Aguirre. I mean, that's absolutely astonishing when you think about it. Um, And going forward, I thought they've looked really, really good. I think you look rejects, and in that Portugal game, even though Portugal had a number of chances, um, they could have easily scored two or three more. I mean, they had that free kick that inadvertently nearly went in, and then they could have wrapped it up on numerous occasions um, towards the end of the game. And the same can be said for the Spain game. Um, They've beaten three European teams in in the top 10 FIFA rankings. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. They haven't had an easy road to... To get to where they are, and I mean, long may continue. Um, obviously, as much as I want Argentina to win, um, because I have them in a pool back home in Ireland. I mean, what a story it would be if Morocco could go on and win this. They've already made monumental headlines becoming the first African team to reach a semi final. Imagine they went on to win the whole thing. It's an incredible, credible story. Um, but I think also huge credit has to go to head coach um, Walid Walid He's he's done an incredible job. You can see they're a close-knitted group, but um, not to kind of burst the bubble here, but what you mentioned at the start of this uh, conversation, Jackson, about Morocco's defence, I think that's going to be a really, really telling telling kind of fate for them going forward for, for the rest of this tournament with their game against uh, France. I think France are going to horribly expect Roman Saïs has been incredible incredible firm. Um, agard who is their second-choice centre-back, is obviously out injured as well. So now they're forced to play... Uh, Yamick, their, their fifth choice centre back, um, which is just not ideal. It's not what you want in a, a semi final. But I mean, yeah, I think that will hold them back, and I think it will be ultimately their downfall. Um, I mean, with Roman Seiss, Nagair, I'm not saying they'll go out and beat France, but they certainly have a better chance of getting a result. But I think that might just be their downfall um, in this tournament, and what's been an amazing tournament for them overall.
0: I think, uh, I mean, the defense has been so impressive. Anytime you lose your first two center backs, it's it's going to, you know, it's going to hurt. But if there is a bright spot, I think, for this uh, Moroccan side when they go to the tactics board and try and figure out how they're going to beat France. England provided the, the uh, blueprint a little bit on uh, Saturday night. All Not all, but a lot of England's threatening play came down the right side with Bukayo Saka against uh, Teo Hernandez. And exposing the space that Mbappe leaves when he plays on that side going high. And if you look at Morocco's right side, it's Hakim Ziyech and it's Akraf Hakimi. So they're two, arguably, they're two best attacking players. I know one of them's a defender, but... That's their chance, and it's just it's it's going to be strength versus strength, I think, down that left side because that's where France is going to want to build from with Mbappe and Griezmann kind of floating over there, or even Rabio at times. And there's going to be space in behind for uh, Morocco to counter. They've already, you know, it'll be interesting because I think France are a side that under Deschamps have said that we don't need the ball all ninety minutes. You can take the ball and, and possess it. Morocco's gonna say no, 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 no. It's okay. You have the ball. We don't want it. This is this is your time to, to possess and we'll we'll, you know, get it when we can. It'll be a fascinating battle of tactics between two defensive minded managers, and I think at the end of the day, we've kind of insinuated this a little bit through our discussion. France's star power is a little bit greater than Portugal's or Spain's, you know, even Belgium and Croatia, who Morocco have faced so far, there's just so many options for for France to get a goal from Giroud, Dembele, uh, Mbappe, Griezmann, and it feels like they will be able to take those moments when they present themselves. But if not, Morocco will be very eager to uh, seize uh, seize another upset. So let's get let's get our predictions in for this one officially. I'm just going a one nothing France over Morocco. I think the Moroccan defense holds up for the most part but 1-0, and some and France keep their first clean sheet of the tournament, which I uh, can't believe they haven't kept on yet. So, George, what do you think?
2: Um, I'm going to go 2-0 France. I think what a Cinderella story it's been. Uh, they've done so well. The Spain game especially, though, they, defensively was just outstanding. But I just think this is where their journey ends. I'm sorry to the Moroccan fans out there, but um, I think France do it 2-0 in normal time.
1: What about you, Andrew? Yeah, I, I really want to say Morocco on penalties. How amazing <laughs> would that be just to, to send us off into the final? But yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I think France will have too much firepower compared to Spain and Portugal. They've just too much attacking options. You know, Giroud and Griezmann are the new heroes of this France side. Breaking records left, right and centre. I'm going to go with France 3-0 unfortunately which is a bit wow. of a call considering morocco haven't conceded to an opposition player yet but i'm gonna go france trino fortunately
0: so you touched on it those injuries could be a huge factor and yeah. uh we'll we'll have to see i know roman Sice said he's going to do everything in his power to be there but he was limping around for 30 of the minutes he was on the field uh, against portugal on saturday so it would be uh, a surprise to me if he's out there for the french game uh Okay, last question before we go, guys. Uh, I think I know Andrew's answer, uh, but, you know, out of the four storylines here, you've got Messi lifting his first World Cup, France going back-to-back for the first time in forever, Morocco becoming the first African world champions, and Croatia getting the redemption after falling to France four years ago. Which one do you think... Is the best story, uh, Andrew. You're, you're Messi in Argentina, right? There's, I'm not wrong in assuming that.
1: No, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, <laughs> I, I, just think it sends um, shockwaves through the, the media world. And, I mean, the most common debate between, not just us as journalists, but football fans, has been who's better, Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi. So could you imagine that after all of this, Lionel Messi has a World Cup accolade to his name? I mean, it just completely blows that. Argument um, out of the water. I think it's just because it's a, it's a really, it just kind of like encourages more conversation in that debate, and it just brings a whole new dilemma to it. But no, obviously, if I'm if I'm wanting one to happen, um, excluding allegiances to Argentina for for reasons I've mentioned, I would love to see Morocco go on and win this. I mean, that would be absolutely incredible. I mean, it's up there with Leicester winning the the Premier League. It's just complete underdog story. Um. Yeah, could you imagine it, but um, Croatia as well. Like I mean, it's all interesting narratives <laughs> you've mentioned there, Jackson. It's, it's tough to pick, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually going to go with Morocco winning the, the entire tournament. I mean, to get to the semi-final is an achievement in itself, but yeah, I'm going to go with Morocco to win it. What an incredible achievement that would be.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Morocco winning, being the first African nation to to lift the trophy is... Uh, would be the best story possible uh, from this World Cup, especially, uh, you know, an Arab country playing on Arab soil. That would be a, a huge, huge lift to that region. Um, for me, second is, though, is uh, Croatia. I think just it, I, I cannot believe they've, they've done this. You know, I had confidence for them coming into the tournament. But to win two more penalty shootouts, they go behind in every knockout game they play in. Um Modric at 37 years old, it's it's truly a delight to watch that side kind of roll through the, the grinds of an uh, international tournament and know exactly what they need to do to advance and nothing more just to get through. So, George, what about you?
2: Um, I would have to go with Morocco uh, as the fairy tale story. I mean, the first African nation to get to the semi finals, is absolutely fantastic. We've seen Ghana back in 2010. Uh, older listeners will remember uh, Cameroon back in 1990. Uh, obviously, Messi and Argentina winning it would, would be absolutely fantastic for his legacy. It would kind of seal off any debate on who's the who's the best of this generation between him and Ronaldo. Um, but in terms of this World Cup, that this Morocco story would be absolutely fantastic. What it would do for not just Moroccan uh, football, but African football in general. I think it's just such a... As I say, such a Cinderella story. So um, the best story is Morocco winning, but Argentina a close second. But you do make some good points about Croatia. Actually, such a tiny nation. Um, I think only like four million population. But yeah, Morocco would be Morocco winning. It would be just just realist. I'm 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 realistic and just absolutely fantastic for African football.
0: And before we go, I'll give a shout to France. I tweeted this last night, but for them, if they were to actually go back to back with the list of injuries that they have, no Conte, no Pogba, Benzema, the ball on the door out. I mean, it would be really one of the most impressive international football feats in a long, long time uh, to, to go back to back with the, the type of injuries that they have and how difficult it is to go back to back. We've seen, You know, countries like Germany and Spain struggle to even get out of the group stage after winning the previous tournament. And here France are, uh, you know, now two wins away from winning the World Cup. And I think uh, they're probably the favorites at the moment, Uh, them or Argentina. But I think you'd have to say France slight favorites just based off their collective uh, talent and who they've beaten so far. Uh, But awesome. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks very much, Jackson. Had a lot of fun.
0: George,
2: thank you as well. No worries. Thanks for having me, Jackson.
0: And uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We will be back Tuesday night to recap the Argentina versus... Oh, my gosh. What a blank I'm having. Who are Argentina playing? Croatia. Argentina versus Croatia. Just talked about it for 30 minutes and uh, forgot who was playing Tuesday. Argentina, Croatia, 7 o'clock in the first semifinal. We'll have that recap for you Tuesday night. And then we'll be back Wednesday night as well to recap France versus Morocco. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day.